July 10th, 2023. We're in Masechet Bet Andaf, Lamed Bet Amud Bet. We're at the next Mishnah. It's the two lines down in the wide lines. The second, third word on the line. It says the Mishnah, En shovrin et ha-heres, ven hotchin et lislot bo maliach. So this Mishnah picks up where we, to a certain extent, left off. In the last Mishnah, we're talking about tikkun keli. We're talking about makebe patish, a circumstance where a person puts, to a certain extent, the final touches on a structure, which is, of course, Asur on Shabbat and Yom Tov. The Hidush over here is that we're going to be dealing with it in the context of food, which we'd imagine on Yom Tov would be permitted. Well, first and foremost, let's deal with the reality. And shovrine taheres, lishbor means to break. Heres means something that's clay. Uh, when would you be dealing with something clay uh, and breaking it? Well, if you take a look at Rashi at the left-hand side, uh, just about 15 lines from the top. Rashi says, En shovrine taheres, kishesolin dagin al ha'askala shekorin, something or another, maybe a girdle or something like that. Uh, Rashi says, when you're frying fish, that's that word we'll see in the Mishnah called maliach, on a uh, grill of some sort, instead of placing the fish directly onto the grill, there's a fear that if you would do so, the fish would get burnt, overly scorched. Therefore, hotchim kanim, o kash shibolim, o shovrim harasim, o hotchin niyar vishorin bamain, vishodrin haniyar al gabeha askala. Says Rashi, therefore you would uh, build and you would place a barrier in between the fish and the grill which it was going to be placed on. Again, you want the fire to be coming upward, you want it to be something somewhat porous so that the fire and the heat of the fire will affect the fish, but you don't want it to be direct. Therefore, you'd break pieces of clay, of earthenware, in order to place in between the fish and the grill underneath it. Maybe you take paper-like items and dip them in water, Rashi says, and then place that underneath. Or you'd put kanim or kash, reed or uh, straw or something of that sort. Any of these types of situations, and again, the purpose of, so, of doing so, so that the fish wouldn't get burnt. What does the Mishnah say again? And shovrina taheres, you're not allowed to break the clay in order to put it there. If the clay was prepared beforehand, that's one thing. You're not allowed to break it in order to place it there. And you're furthermore not allowed to cut the paper, and again, then immerse it, then put it in water. So that's an interesting question. Isn't it a melachav mehatech in chotchina taniyar? Mehatech is only a melachah in circumstances, Harambam tells us, based on sources. If you're purposeful about the size, if I measure the size, that's when it's considered mehatech. Any other situation such as here, I just wanted to place on top of the grill, it's not a melachav mehatech. All of these are asur. So this would be, in a sense, saying you can also be wood. Or is, why would wood be different? It's an interesting question. Um, you see, over here, you're not lighting a fire, per se. Over here, you're finishing your grill. Right? The understanding over here is the melacha. It's not a mukseh issue, per se. It's an issue of makebe patish. You're finishing the grill. The grill was not finished when it was just placed by it like that. To place the items on top of it, that's the finishing touch. Real towel necessarily is not connected. That's the suggestion here. That is the suggestion here. That's, uh, that's the circumstance over here. And, and uh, th- that in turn is Asur. Continues the Mishnah. 
If you prepared it beforehand or if it was broken off beforehand and you placed it on beforehand, absolutely usable. It's only about breaking it in order to place it on Yom Tov where you're doing that melachav makebe patish. Ve'en gorfin tanur. Why about tashchit? You're doing it for purposeful reasons. You're doing it to bring food. You're not just heke doing it. Ve'en gorfin tanur. You're not allowed to sweep out an oven vikirayim or, uh, or a stovetop of some sort. And they had different ways of, and different mechanisms of heating food. They had tanur and kiraim, which looked different one from the other. But what would often happen is that um, whatever it was that you were using to start the fire and to keep the fire uh, lit, uh, well, it would become uh, filled up on the bottom and you'd want to sweep out the bottom of the uh, Tanur or the kiraim, that's asur to do on Yom Tov as well. Rashiv and Gorfin Tanur the kiraim, im nafal letocho fell if fell into it min hatafel from the uh, side items. In other words, not that which is necessary. Vihitiach and in turn it it plastered itself over the interior, causing a problem with regards to the fire continuing to light in an effective fashion. In Gorfinoto, you're not allowed to sweep it out. Why not? This is considered, again, tikkun mana. This is considered fixing an item. And then Rashi concludes his words by telling us, Rashi in the Mishnah, and he's explaining it based on the Mishnah because the Gemara will quickly contradict this, suggests that our Mishnah is working with the opinion of Hachamim as opposed to Rabbi Yehuda on Dafkafhet. Dafkafhet, just a few dapim ago in Masechet Betzah, there was a fundamental mahloket about machshire ochel nefesh. Machshir, as we've talked about more than once, means to prepare something. Hechshir mitzvah means the building of the sukkah, the preparation of it. Machshire ochel nefesh means not the act of burning to bring the food, but something that sets up that act. So over here, it's not the fire which is being lit, which is necessary to bring the food, but it's the setting up of the grill, which needs a milacha as well. That, do we extend the heter, the, the leniency of the Torah, of ochel nefesh, even to the prior actions, or not? Rabbi Uda says yes. Hachamim say no. Says Rashi, our Mishnah must be working with the Hachamim. That's the reason this is a problem. Otherwise, it should be permitted. Question so just. Rabbi says you put the bread in the, in the oven to make but over there, it's not machshire ochel nefesh, because that's directly affecting the fire that's heating up your food. You're not eating the oven better. I'm sorry, you're not eating the wood that you set in order to light your fire either. No, right? but it, it, what's the difference between that and... and Keep in mind, first and foremost, you are going to eat one of those loaves of bread. And secondly, the loaves of bread are directly affecting the lit fire. Over here, you're setting up the fire to be lit in such a circumstance, a step removed. It's not about the fire per se. It's about placing something in order to effectuate the proper cooking. That's us. Anyway, that being the case, says the, says the Mishnah again, so we have several halachot. You're not allowed to cut or break off those items in order to serve as a barrier. You're not allowed to sweep out the bottom of the oven or the, um, the stove. Aval, however, what is permitted? Mechabeshin. You're allowed to press down. Rashi explains it's a circumstance where the, uh, the dirt or the uh, ashes at the bottom of the oven 
have become uh, accumulated and piled up in some way. And you want to smooth it out so that you have a proper cooking. You see, if it's built up in one area, it might be that that area will cook better or cook worse. It might be that just in general, you want a smooth and even bottom. That's permitted to do. Why is that permitted to do? Apparently, that's not considered a tikkun mana. That's not considered a final act on the item. That's just smoothing out. That's what's permitted to be done. Ve'en makifin shete haviot lishvot And altogether different issue. But again, in the context of cooking and Yom Tov, if you were to take one barrel and another barrel, and again, you have some sort of portable oven, which you're going to place on top of those two barrels. Is that permitted? Now, you don't have a tripod or something to place underneath them, to hold, underneath the oven to hold it up. So you manually take one barrel and another barrel, place them one next to the other, adjacent one to the other, and place this oven on top of it. Effectively, even though it's not your intent at all, you're creating a tent or a structure of sorts. That's not a permanent structure, it's not an ohil keva, it's going to be what we'd call an ohil aray of some sort, it's temporary, it's impermanent, it doesn't really have walls, but you've effectuated one barrel, one wall, the other barrel, the other wall, and then you've placed a roof on top of it. That's going to be potentially a problem, says the Mishnah, in sumchineta, excuse me, ve'en makifin shete haviot lishvot alehen et ha to place upon them the kedera. Kedera means the pot which you're going to be cooking on, and you're going to light, light the fire in the middle, or place some sort of oven-like item underneath it. Uh, that's the uh, suggestion. Says Rashi, mishum de damel binyan, umidrabana mishum de mehzeke ahola. Says Rashi, it's similar to Binyan. It's not an actual melacham in HaTorah of Binyan, of which, of course, is one of the melachot, constructing something. Rather, looks like it. Midrabanan, this is Asur. And furthermore, you're not allowed to if the pot which you're cooking is somehow not sturdy. So you'd like to uh, build for it a certain sturdiness, so you place underneath it a baka, take a slab of wood and stick it underneath so that you don't fear something spills out, the fire gets uh, uh, somehow dangerously uh, um, um, open to the elements or whatever it is. You put underneath um, one side of this kederav, this pot which you're cooking, a baka, a slab of wood. Asur. Why is that Asur? What's that? Interesting question. Says Eli, it doesn't sound like building per se. Building means I built some sort of structure. Over here I'm just wedging. What's the issue? As Rashi explains to us already, Rashi kasavar, the understanding over here on the left-hand side, now down in Rashi, lo nitinu etzim ela lehasaka, lefichach muksin henesel kol tashmish. Wood, the understanding of this opinion in our Mishnah, is only permitted with regards to hasaka being burnt bringing forth actual fire. Uh, that's what's permitted on Yom Tov with wood. Anything else called tashmish, any other usage of the wood, is forbidden. It's going to be considered mukseh. So that slab of wood is only permitted if you're going to be doing something to bring forth fire from it. Vechen, so it's a mukseh issue. Can yes. You wedge, can you wedge with something non-wood? I, in other words, it's a keli, it's a utensil of some sort. Yes, the issue over here is specifically not the action, but the item that you're using. It's the mukseh. Vechen bedelet. And then the next words in the Mishnah say, and so too with a door. Not fully clear what that means. As Rashi tells us, we'll have to figure this one out in the Gemara. What's that referring to? Ve'en manhigin et ha-behema b'makel b'yom tov. 
and you're furthermore not allowed to lead an animal through a uh, public area on Yom Tov with a staff, with a stick. Why not? Rashi says, we think right now the issue is because maybe the stick is mukseh. But we'll have to deal with this as well in the Gemara, Rashi reminds us. permits using that staff to lead your animal through some sort of public area. So I guess our Mishnah has set forth for us a hodgepodge of sorts of halachot, all sorts of different laws. Most of them were with regards to cooking. The last one or two, perhaps, in a little bit of a different direction. But we're going to start with first things first in the Gemara. The Gemara rewinds us to the first case. In Shovrina Taheris, Ven Hotrina Taniar Lislot Bo Maliach. All right, so again, and Rashi explained for us the issue over here was an issue of Tikkun Mana, of Makebe Patish, potentially. Rosh, it should be noted, just parenthetically, Rosh in Siman Het, according to the understanding of Maharshal, suggests that the issue over here might be different. The issue over here might be Tiltul, it might be a Mukse issue in this case as well. That's important to have stored in your mind as a potential issue in the Gemara. Maita Ama says the Gemara, what's the issue with regards to that first case in Shovrina Taheris? Excuse me, Rosh is on the second case in the Mishnah. Maita Ama Mishum Mana. So the Gemara, black on white, again, so Rosh was talking about the next case afterwards, which we'll return to. Says, the reason is Mishum Mitakin Mana. Tikun Mana means you're fixing an item, means you're putting the final touches on the item. Ven Gorfin Tanur Vekiraim. Continues the Gemara, why is it that you're not allowed to, or what's the issue with regards to the sweeping or the ramifications of the sweeping of the oven or the stove? Tane Rav Bar Yosef Kameh de Rav Nachman, Vim I Efot, Ken Gorfo Mutar. The statement over here of Rav Yosef, of Rav and it's the front of us, he was studying together with Rav Nachman. If you're not able to cook otherwise, well, then you're allowed to sweep. In other words, the understanding over here is whatever your issue was with regards to the sweeping, if the sweeping was considered tikkun mana, or if the sweeping was considered some sort of muksesh, regardless of what the issue was, if it's for the purpose of eating food, well, then why shouldn't it be permitted? Well, Jesse will tell us as we learn to the Mishnah, maybe we're only following the opinion of hachamim. Maybe if it's a step removed from the actual cooking, you're not allowed to do that. That's what our Gemara, Rashi points out, is already injecting. No, no, no. Our Mishnah is going even according to the Bihuda, which means to say the following. Any action of, from the permitted actions on Yom Tov that you're going to do to bring about food, even if it's a step removed from the actual cooking process, is permitted. Oh, wait a second. So then how come I'm not allowed to sweep the oven? The answer is because we're talking about a case where you could have swept it before Yom Tov. So let me repeat that again. Whereas, cook? what's that? Could you cook? I mean, is, is the problem is that it's hindering the cooking? Apparently, it's hindering the cooking. Okay. When, uh, uh, no, excuse me. One more time. Another, what, one more time. goes like this. Uh, uh, let me articulate. It goes like this. In our Mishnah, when we learned the Mishnah, we understood the reason you're not allowed to sweep it is it's too far removed from the actual cooking. It's called Machshire Ochel Lefish. Says the Gemara, no, that's even permitted. That's Rabbi Uda's opinion on Daf Kafhet. So then, why is this Asur? Well, the answer has to be one of several things. Either I could have done this before Yom Tov. And I didn't. We're not going to permit it now. Or as Robbie's article says, maybe you could have eaten it anyway. 
on Holomoyed, separate issue. Separate issue. It's a Yom Tov Melachot. It's a Holomoyed issue. But again, the, the issue, and Gezeram, the Rabbanan, but over here the issue is that I could have done it beforehand or the food would have been or will be edible anyway, and I'm just doing it to make it tastier. Says the Gemara in turn, if either one of those are not in place, if you couldn't do before Yom Tov, or the food would not and will not be edible without the sweeping, that's permitted. Oh, but wait a second, it's a little bit removed. Not even a little bit removed. Oh, we well. like, uh, visualize what we're talking about here. So you get a charcoal barbecue, and you put the coals inside. You cook, let's say you cook on your toe, you show those coals. And then you decide the next day you need to make, you want to do barbecue again, you have to clean out the old coals. So according to this Mishnah, that's the case where you're allowed to clean out the Correct, because you could not have beautiful. In other words, I used it on first day of Yom Tov, says Jesse. As a result, they're now unusable coals at the bottom. So A, I couldn't cook anyway. And B, I couldn't clean it out before Yom Tov because I used it on Yom Tov. Beautiful circumstance. So in terms... Same type of issue over here with regards, again, prepared, preparing it for the food. So, by pressing it down, or what? Why? I don't think you would. I don't think you'd have a difference in that respect. Yeah. So the Gemara again. So now let's just read that through so we understand it fully. Tane Rav Bar Yosef Kamed Rav Nachman Vim Efshar Leefot Gorfo. If it's impossible to bake. If you can't be cooking, unless you're goref, unless you sweep, so then mutar. Again, two things we suggested to provide uh, the context for it. Number one, you couldn't do it before Yom Tov. Number two, you can't cook otherwise. In other words, the food won't be edible, which already tells us in the Mishnah, in the other case, when it's Asur, it's because that wasn't in place. But again, as Rashi points out, we're even following necessarily the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda that mutar. because if I suggest that when you're a step removed I can't be doing that I, was, I don't care if I couldn't do it before Yom Tov or if it's not edible it's a step removed it's Asur according to the Hachamim okay that was the shift here in the Gemara it says the Gemara two quick stories with regards to this Dibitu Dirbihya the wife of Rabbihya Nafalla Ariha Bitanura Biomataba Nafalla it fell in for her Ariha, Ariah is a type of brick, so she was using bricks of some sort in order to start the fire and keep the fire running, uh, but it fell into the oven on Yom Tov, and as a result, it's either from the walls of the oven or it was somehow placed around the top of the oven, but it's not supposed to be at the bottom of the oven. It's supposed to aid, uh, I guess, the uh, insulation, but not so much the bottom of it. It's going to ruin the cooking as a result of being on the bottom. Amar la turns to her and says, you don't need to go as far as Jesse's case. Something fell in on Yom Tov. I couldn't have avoided that beforehand, and I can't cook now in a normal fashion. Now Rabbi makes clear, what does it mean to cook in a normal fashion. Does it mean it's altogether inedible, the way I was using those words with Robbie? No. It means it's not edible in the way that's appropriate for Yom Tov, for me to be eating. Hazeh, he said to his wife, Rabbihiya, da'ana ay riftame al yeta ba'ina. I need ba'ina, I need rifta, bread, me'al yeta, of a fine, 
uh, status. I need good bread. In other words, what he was turning to her and saying is, I'm used to having good bread, and as a result, if this bread is going to be a little overcooked, a little undercooked, based on what happened, take the brick out. Uh, but I thought that's Asur. No, number one, even a step removed this mutar, but if you could have done it before Yom Tov slash, it's just as good anyway, then it's Asur. That's not the case over here. Happen on Yom Tov, and even though you could still make bread, I like, I need good bread. I was saying is it only for cooking, or is it? Um, for the mashal. Oh, can you get two on uh, a? That makes sense. No, not for once. It's got to be for. Well, that, that could be open there. Sure, sure. Adav yod bet. We were talking about all 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 actually, believe it or not, been an issue for me, but I guess on Sukkot it could be and would be an issue, right? Yeah, it's got to be that if that's providing the warmth for you, and to, again, it happens on Yom Tov, the sweeping out would be permitted. So, I can't think of a reason why we would distinguish. I can't think of a reason. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. At this point, it's because wood needs to be used for burning. But we'll get there. says the Gemara, likewise, Rava said to his helper, to his Shamosh, Taveli Avza Vizdaher Miharucha. Uh, please uh, scorch for me or uh, roast for me a, uh, a duck, I think is an avza. And be careful to make certain that you don't um, burn it. In other words, effectively what he was saying to him was, it's important for me that you prepare this appropriately. Rashi, the second wide line of Rashi, that it won't get burnt. He was hinting to him, I don't know why he didn't say it explicitly, sweep out the bottom of this oven. By saying to him, make certain that it doesn't get burnt, he was saying to him, you need to sweep this out. There won't be something protruding that's going to touch the item and in turn the, the, the duck that I want and in turn burn it. Okay, says the Gemara onward, Amar le Ravina le Ravashe, Ravina expressed to Ravashe, Amar lan Ravaha mihusal, we heard from Ravaha from a place called Husal, Ravina speaking to Ravashe. You should know this is what we heard from another rabbi about something that goes on or went on in your home. Demor sharkin le tanura beyoma tava. We heard that the people who work for you um, Rav Ashe, Ravina tells him, we are the people who work for you. What they do for you on Yom Tov is sharkin le tanura. Rashi explains to be shoreke tanur means to take mud of some sort and to place it over the top of the oven. You see, the oven would have a close, closing. What's that? To, to tar the top in some way, but um, why would you be doing that? Because you didn't want, you wanted po- proper insulation. Even though you're covering it, steam and, and, and air can still escape through the sides. So we heard that what you do on Yom Tov, yes, you're allowed to cook on Yom Tov, yes, you're allowed to prepare the food appropriately in the right way on Yom Tov, but we heard that the people who are working for you in your home are doing something that we're a little skeptical, we're a little bit, it seems a little bit curious. How are they taking mud and placing it around the crack at the top in between the cover and the sides of the oven? Well, what's the issue? Rashi explains the issue would be a melacha of lisha. Lisha, of course, means the, the preparation of dough. 
Uh, the Isur of Lisha on Shabbat, you're not allowed to be Megavil, you're not allowed to knead and br- bring forth the beginning of the dough. And as a result, if you're taking that mud, you're taking the dirt and you're mixing it with water and preparing and producing this sort of muddy-like substance, that's an Isur. Why should that be Asur on Yom Tov? After all, you're doing it for Ochil Nefesh, you're doing it in order to prepare the food so that it's edible. Apparently it could have been prepared before Yom Tov. Apparently the food could be just as good with Without that being done. And as a result, the, the challenge or the question that Ravinah has to Ravashe is how is it permitted with an action that could have been done before Yom Tov, albeit an action which is, is used in the preparation of the food, that you're being Megavil, that you're doing Melechet Lisha? The, the Melechet Lisha is, is on anything, not just there? So, meaning the kneading and gen, what does it mean? It has to be. It has to be from gidule karka. It has to be with a, a produce from the ground. If it's something that grew from the ground and you're mixing it with water and turning it into that sort of substance, the dirt is from the ground. You took the dirt and you turned it into this. It's asur. So says the Gemara. So how, how is it? Amarle answers Ravina. Answers Ravashet to Ravina. You don't understand. They didn't prepare the mud on Yom Tov. That's not the way this happened. Anan, we arakta difrat samchinan. We live on the banks of Nahar Perat. What's that? The Euphrates, right? And as a result, the mud is already prepared for us. Continues Rashi, and he points out. And we took the mud beforehand. Well, we'll see those words in the Gemara in a moment. In a uh, you weren't too far from uh, Iran, so you know that uh, makes sense. So they were on the banks of uh, of Nehar Perat, and as a result, they weren't preparing this mud. The mud was ordered. The Hanemile says the Gemara. You should know this is true that you could take already prepared mud, so to speak, before from before Yom Tov. Who etmol is if you marked it off from yesterday. If you didn't mark it off from yesterday, there'd be a problem of mukse. Again, and on this point, Rashi points out, and you separated it from yesterday. What would be the problem? Why do you need to separate it? There'll be potential problem of choresh. You're not allowed to, to dig it out of the ground. So, there was no preparation. That's right. That's right. That's, that's the suggestion. That's what Ravina or Ravashe explained to Ravina. So was, yes, we wouldn't be able to prepare the mud. And yes, there's a problem in this respect. But for our purposes, we had it already from yesterday, the mud. We had a bucket of mud, which was marked off as usable for Yom Tov. We're not doing any melachav harisha, not any melachav of lisha. There's no problem, of, furthermore, of mukseh. That's how we do it. Amar Ravina, Ravina concluding this issue and statement says, Vikitma shari. He says when it comes to kitma, kitma is ether, kitma is ashes, uh, those are permitted. What's permitted with regards to ashes? Uh, well, obviously we're talking about the same issue, lisha. Rashi explains that with the Gemara, this last statement of Ravina goes like this. If you were to take ashes and mix them with water, that's not melechet lisha. The consistency which comes about from ashes mixed with water is very different than the consistency of dirt together with water. And as a result, his final statement is, that's not melechet lisha. So even if you didn't live next to the... Ashes are not a ground product. 
Ashes, well, they might come from something from the ground. You burn something from the ground. Okay, but furthermore, it's not the consistency of Lisha. Uh, that's the statement in the Gemara over here, uh, the final line. Tosafot questions Rashi. They don't really understand. Why would you have distinguished, first and foremost, the Gemara in Masechet Shabbat, Andaf Yod Het, does not distinguish between ashes and dirt, and seems to assume that you have Melechet Lisha on both. So first and foremost, we don't understand just in terms of the melacha. Uh, so take a look at uh, Tosafot, the top right-hand corner. Vikitma sha'are, again, kitma meaning ashes. Sha'are means permitted. Piresh rashi, rashi interpret. Ligavelo, to mix it with water. Vilatuahbo, and then to plaster it on the top of your oven. Dilav bargibulhu, because ashes, according to rashi, are not considered a substance which makes Gibul, which makes Lisha. Vetema, Tosafot questions and asks, uh, is wonders. De Amrinan Shabbat. It says in Masechet Shabbat, Dafiot Heta, Filu Benetinat Maim. Al Ha'efer Be'alma, Hu Hayav Mishum Megavel. The Gemara says, even if you don't mix it, you just pour water onto ashes, there's an issue of Lisha. De Ka'amar Hatam, it says over there, Ehad no tenet Ha'efer, Vehad no tenet Ha'maim Ha'acharon Hayav. Whether you, uh, b- 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 the person who puts the efe, which means ashes, and then the water on top of it, your hayav, it's melechet lisha. Says Tosafot, it can't be that's the interpretation of the Gemara. Over here, v'yesh lomar, dehacha rose lomar. Tosafot says, over here the case is different. Kitma sha'are, klomar, v'kitma sha'are, listom ha-sedakim sh'otanu, sh'lo yotzi ha-ur, the first interpretation of Tosafot is when it comes to ashes, there was no mixing of water. What the Gemara is saying is you can fill those holes at the top of the oven just by placing ashes in there. Of course, that's a question in and of itself. Why would you have thought that's Asur? That's what Rashba asked on Tosafot. It's a Hidush. According to Rashi, there was a Hidush. At least you tell me this isn't considered Melechet Lisha. According to Tosafot, no, you filled the holes with ashes. Why would you have thought that's prohibited? Furthermore, says Tosafot, a different interpretation. Alternatively, this is the answer. Uh, says Tosafot, alternatively, the case is that you prepared it before Yom Tov with the ashes. Uh, well, then, uh, by extension, uh, Rashba asked about this as well. well. Then you prepared it before Yom Tov. Why would it have been Asur? All right, but those are the two approaches of Tosafot. Rashba, who defends for Rashi, suggests the following. If you recall, everything we've been discussing and mentioning in the Gemara today is specifically Asur because you could have done it before Yom Tob. If you could, couldn't do it before Yom Tob, it's Melechet Ochil Nefesh, if we're taking the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda that Machshire Ochil Nefesh Amutaz, and then you're allowed to be doing these things. That goes, by, that goes in all these cases. That goes with the sweeping out of the uh, oven, and by extension, just one second, it goes by extension. Shabbat, it's not all off. They're only preparing food over here. But again, so uh, the, the whole issue in our Gemara is you could have done this before Yom Tov, you didn't do it before Yom Tov, you're doing a Melachan Yom Tov, even though it's aiding food, but you could have done it before Yom Tov, it's Asur. Says, says Rashba, maybe when it comes to ashes, that's the Hidush according to Rashi, maybe when it comes to ashes, ashes can't be effectuated as such before Yom Tov. In other words, before Yom Tov, ashes, by definition, I guess, they absorb the water in different ways than the dirt. And as a result, this case, and specifically this case, you're allowed to, yes, you're going to do a full-fledged melechet, gibul, and lisha on Yom Tov. 
That's what the Gemara Masechet Shabbat says you're doing. That's what you're doing. So then why is it permitted? The Hidush is that ashes have a different quality to them than dirt. And as a result, ashes could be mixed on Yom Tov because they couldn't be prepared before Yom Tov. Uh, that's what we have here in the Gemara. Just a bit further in the Gemara, maybe eight lines from the bottom, three words before the end of the line. Ve'en makifin shete haviot. The Mishnah continued and said you can't place two barrels, one next to the other, place fire underneath them and put your pot on top. Amarav Nachman, avanim shel mutar Rav Nachman deals with a very similar situation, but he seems to permit this case as opposed to forbid. Uh, why so? What's the case? The case is you're out in the field and you're building a structure as a bathroom, as a place to relieve yourself. And it's Yom Tob. You're allowed to take one large rock, place it next to another large rock, spell out or carve out, by so doing, a hollow a cavity in the middle, and relieve yourself over there. Why should that be permitted? Aren't you just as when you took one barrel and placed it next to the other barrel, uh, creating a structure of sorts, which is melechet binyan, ohel, when you put t- one rock next to the other in order to bring forth a bet kiseh. Amar Nachman again, avanim, stones, shel beta kiseh for the place where you'd uh, be relieving yourself. Mutar lesadidan biyom tov. You're allowed to place them one next to the other on Yom Tov. Etive rabah le Rav Nachman. Rabah questions Rav Nachman from our Mishnah. En makifin sheteh haviyot lishvot alehem et ha The case in our Mishnah says you're not allowed to place two barrels next to, one next to the other in order to place a, a, a pot on top of them. Amar le shanehata mishum avid. We'll end with this answer for now, but the initial answer goes like this. The difference between the case in our Mishnah, which again is not a melacha from the Torah, it's rabbinically prohibited, goes as such. I have two barrels placed one next to the other, and then I placed something on top of them. That's a structure which appears, if you have good imagination, as if it's a tent. A tent has a top, and it has two sides to it, at least. When I'm dealing with the avanim of the bet kiseh out in the field, there's one and another one next to it. There's nothing placed on top of them. As a result, the distinction that he suggests, Rav Nachman, goes as follows. If you're building two sides and a top, asur. that's the haviyot in our Mishnah. If you're just building two sides and there's a hollow inside which you're going to be using, that would be permitted. What's that? No. No, you're relieving yourself. Yeah, you have privacy of sorts and then you're surrounding it and therefore you're sitting on them.